when I went to my last doctor's visit, which was a week or so ago, he was amazed at the progress that I had made. He measured my flexion and my extension, and he was like, what have you been doing? And I'm like, here it is. You've got to look at this. Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Meet Brother Nick. Brother Nick Garcia, friend of mine and a recent knee replacement patient who went through a great recovery, having gone through many, many years, 20 plus years with a limp. His kids called it the cool daddy limp, but Nick was really done with the cool daddy limp and wanted to get back to a normal walk. Nick is a police officer, served our country, served his suburban outside of Houston, Texas community for many, many years. The knee sidelined him, but it sounds like Nick's going to get back to serving the population, the people, helping us all stay safe because he's successfully recovered from his knee replacement surgery. It's a long story. It's a worthwhile story to listen to, particularly if you're going to have a knee replacement coming up, if you've been suffering through some pain for a short period of time or even a long period of time like Nick. I am delighted to present my conversation with Nick Garcia, and we jump right into it. So here we go. I'm 54. Um, I live in Southeast Texas. Lived here all my life. Um, I have five children, uh, two boys, two boys and three girls. Always have to think about that for a minute. <laughs> Six grandkids. Got to count. Um, I'm a I'm a police officer. Been a police officer for 32 years, uh, which is really really strange because. Um, it's it's uh it was the, that was part of my my battle you know with the injury that i had throughout the years you know i've had this extensive injury to my knee so i had to learn to compensate to be able to protect myself you know and uh um i found little tricks here and there and then i i, I took uh defensive tactics classes which i ended up becoming a de- defensive tactics instructor uh before i got old and and a lot heavier than i was but um, do you want to talk about grew- how it happened? Like how the the, sure, sure. That's, the original thing well, happened? Yeah, well, I was, you know, being a typical teenager was when I was 15 years old. I got into a little tussle with a couple of, uh, couple of guys, and um, one of them jumped on my back, and the other one shoulder tackled me in the joint and made it snap. But the, the, uh, the strange thing is, is that it actually was a blessing because... Um, it broke a section of the, uh, patella cap, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the femur cap off that exposed a, uh, a disease that was inside my bone. It was, my bone was actually deteriorating from the inside out. Um, so it was a really, it was a really, um, traumatic injury to me at that time. Um, I was a football player, uh, I water skied and everything just came to stop. Boom. Um, uh, they had to go in, um, which is a really scary time for me at 15, you know, whenever they tell you, um, you know, we're fixing to go in there and basically reconstruct your knee. Um, we're going to drill a bunch of holes in there and here's a 15 year old here and drilling holes, cutting this and that and that and this, um, that's where the fear factor started. And that's uh, been part of my my journey is dealing with the fear factor. Um, so I had the surgery. They went in and drilled a bunch of holes in there, cleaned all that out. Um, two years later, I had to go back in again because it had calloused up, so they had to smooth it off. And just progressively through the years, I've had seven surgeries in this one knee. Um, and for years I had been trying to get them to give me a knee joint replacement, but they just all refused. These doctors said, you're too young for this. Uh, but when you wake up every day with some, some level of pain in your knee, um, whether it be mild or, or extensive, um, 
you know, you're 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 willing to just about do anything, and I was willing to fly to another country to have it done. Um, I wanted this so bad. I wanted to be normal again. I walked with a limp. Um, sometimes I couldn't even walk at all. It would hurt so bad uh, because this section would callus up and it would have bone spurs. And every time that my my femur and my tibia would touch, it would just be like somebody stabbing a knife in there. So I'd go to a doctor and it would be a new doctor that had new ideas. Um, went through one surgery where they cut through my, my femur, wedged it, and created a bow in my right leg that was very prominent um, so that when I would take that step, those two sections would not touch. Um, eventually, that didn't work, and we're talking about a span of over 20 years. Um, they had, they went in and they put a rod uh, because my, my uh, bow was getting worse, so they figured they'd go in there and put this rod or this plate in there to try to stop it. Uh, it didn't work. Um, so, to make a long story short, um, I had an incident while I was on duty. One of my partners um, was calling for assistance. She was dealing with an, a guy that I knew that was very aggressive with police officers and stuff. And I, myself, had, had fought him twice that same week. So, when I got over there, um, he was going towards her, and I was probably 20 yards from her. And all of a sudden, my knee gave out on me. And you can see me on her video, her car video, me hopping across the parking lot to try to get to her. And luckily, for both our sake, another unit pulled up closer and got out and got a hold of him before he could get his hands on her. And then I was able to get there, and we wrestled him to the ground. But that was what um, that was what started. Uh, the road to where I'm at today because I realized that this is it. I can't do this anymore. I'm 53. I was 53 at the time, and I'm like, I'm fixing my career is over in this field. This has become dangerous not only for me but for my partners. I mean, um, so went to the doctor. They looked at it. They agreed, and they felt like I was old enough now for the replacement because Different doctors have said different things. Some some replacements last 10 years, some last 20 years, some last 15 years, depending on what you you know what you do to it. If you if you get out there and you run all the time and stuff like that, of course you're going to wear it out faster. Or if you just live a normal typical you know get out there and walk around the block or walk around the track or whatever or ride your bicycle, you know it'll last longer. So I had to do two surgeries. First one was in January of this year. They had to go in and take that plate out, um, which caused me to have to resign from uh, being a police officer because when they took the plate out, they left all the holes where those screws were in, and, and my femur had become very susceptible to a break. And I was told that if you crack it or break it, um, then it's game over. You're not going to be able to get a replacement, which is what you're looking for. Um, because I wanted to be normal again. You know, the idea of being able to, to, I never got to take my kids to Disneyland, you know, because I couldn't walk from here to the end of the block without giving out. My knee would give out on me. And For years? You, know, I you mean for, for years, for decades, it sounds like? Yes, yes, for, wow. for at least four decades, you know what I mean? Uh, well, I'd say two, three decades, you know what I mean? So, you know, the idea of now I get to have this replacement, they're going to go in and they're going to take out all the bad and put in good. And now I'm going to get a chance to take my grandkids to do these things that I didn't get the chance to take my kids to. So I've missed out on a lot of things in life. Um, I'm very blessed. I mean, God has blessed me with, wonderful kids you know i have great parents my brother and sister I have a wonderful family um, um i was able to uh, make it through a job where uh, some people only spend a year or so we just recently had a police officer killed a couple a couple of days ago um she'd only been on the job for two years and she's 23 she was hitting uh she got into a head-on collision with a guy going the wrong way at two o'clock two three o'clock in the morning 
you know. Um, and and I was blessed enough that I was able to get through uh, with enough time to retire. Wasn't ready, and I'm not ready. Um, I wanted to get back in the game, but um, this particular surgery took me out of it. So I had to wait three months, and when the day, when the day came on that third month, I was back on the phone with my doctor and said, okay, you said three months, I'm ready for my replacement. Let's get this going because I'm ready to get back in the game. I still have uh, kids that need me. I've got uh, one that's, that's uh, uh, got an electrical apprentice scholarship, you know, and then my last one's a junior in high school, and she wants to be a chemical engineer. She's really smart, and I need to be there for them. Um, so I went and had the replacement. In second, I had the surgery, and of course the fear factor. Um, backing up a little bit, um, some of the surgeries that I had had, uh, particularly the one where they they actually sawed completely through my femur and wedged it and put it back in, was the worst experience um, medically that I've ever gone through. I thought of, I really thought that I was not going to make it through uh, the post-op um they started me in therapy and it was one of the worst experiences and it wasn't the therapist's fault they were doing what they've been taught to do it was the fear factor and then the pain factor came in it scared me away from therapy and because of that um my leg would not extend completely out because i didn't do the therapy so for 20 years, I've walked with a, a limp. My kids call it the cool daddy limp, but it was, <laughs> a, it was a limp that uh, was due to me not being able to um, flex my, my leg completely straight, like my, my left leg. Right. So I read up on knee replacements. I knew this was a major uh, deal um, because of my fear factor, um, and I knew that this was my last chance. PJ, uh, the doctors told me there's nothing else left for you. You know, if this does not work, nothing will. You're just going to have to live with it for the rest of your life. And I just couldn't buy that. I just could not buy that. I was never going to be able to take my my grandkids to Disneyland or, or, you know, just do the normal things that people do, you know, go walk walking in the neighborhood in the, in the evening, you know, with your wife, you know, uh, riding a bicycle. I hadn't ridden a bicycle in 20 years. You know I mean? Uh, things that people take for granted, I could not do. So I started doing a bunch of research on uh, knee replacements. I watched YouTube videos on the actual surgeries to prepare, mentally prepare myself for this. But it was the the rehab that was constantly on my mind was it was it was uh, should I do this? Should am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to to basically suck it up, man up, and push myself through whatever it is they're going to give me? Because I gave up once before, and look what it did. And then this is my last my last chance. So um, the research that I did, I watched every video I could of this thing, and I read stories, horror stories from people that actually gave up on rehab. It was too painful. They weren't happy. They blamed it on their the replacement. And um, all of a sudden, I see this video, or, or this deal on YouTube uh, for the X10, and I just clicked on it. I didn't know what it was. I knew it had something to do with um, it, had, it had to have something to do with the knee replacements and stuff, and um, I was very intrigued on the on the first video that to the point that I watched every video on the X10 that I could uh, because of what all these people were saying. And you actually had um, a young lady; she was 15 years old. I can't remember her name. Teresa. Um, I remember. I know. I, yes, I know her. Okay. <laughs> Teresa. Right. And and she, it, that was the, the best. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from everybody else's experience that I saw, but hers really touched me because 
a 15 year old i'm thinking um she 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 bit she bit the bullet she she did what she had to do to get where she needed to be and listening to her talk she would you know just i became more and more intrigued by this which is what made me contact you um it was because their stories were taking away the fear factor i was believing i'm I'm listening to what they're talking about and they're 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 talking about how how easy this was how much they enjoyed this and i've been through therapy and I'm thinking, I don't remember anybody ever saying that they looked forward to going to therapy and how much they enjoyed it. So, you know, this has got to be something that, that this is something that I'm, I need to really dig into. And when you and I had that, that really lengthy conversation about it, I was sold. I was sold. I was like, this is, this is going to be it because, you know, nobody likes pain. And whatever I can do to make it less painful creates the, the, it puts me in a position where I'm more likely to complete all of my therapy, all because I still had to go to therapy. Um, so once, once everything was taken care of and Cork delivered it to the house, which he was just, Cork's amazing guy, um, you know, I become friends on Facebook. You know, I mean, we communicate with each other. And um, when he set me down in that chair, once he got it set up, he was so meticulous about that thing. I knew that I was in the right place. I knew I knew how I had found what I needed. And then Tricia was all got on the phone and he he was FaceTiming her and he was showing her the machine and she was looking at it and she was like, you know, this asking him questions, does that, this, that, and she was making sure that I was adjusted correctly. I was just impressed. I was impressed because I've been in situations before where, um, remember one surgery I had, um, this guy comes in with a machine and, and jams it up under my leg. And this is the night of the day I had the surgery and, you know, drops my leg in this thing and straps me down and walks out the door. Doesn't say a word, you know. And I got this this stranger in my house who is just answering every question I have and, you know, meticulously making sure that everything is just right set up, make sure he made sure I understood everything. We went through it three or four times because I'm I'm kind of a dummy and um he didn't leave until he knew for sure that I knew what I was doing. So I knew that I had made the right decision. And I sat there for a minute looking at that, that start button, um, thinking, okay. Um, he, he, he told me where I was at. He told me where I needed to be. How's this going to work? And within two, three minutes, all the fear that I had gone through throughout my entire ordeal of all of these surgeries that I had had and all of the, the pain and the rehab and the, the, you know, the, the memories came back of how therapists would just basically climb on top of your leg and shove down to try to get, try to get that extension. And, um, you know, they, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, therapists are great. They're, they're, they're very essential to us and, and, uh, they're they're wonderful people, but they don't know when to stop. They want to see what your um, where your stopping point is, and most of the time that's beyond where they where they they actually stop. They've gone past that, and that's what scares people. That's what would scare me is is that pain, and they're so used to that. Um, in my eyes, it's like they've never felt that type of pain before, or they wouldn't be doing that to me. So um, the X10, to me, that thing is, is it's, it, it's actually a living thing because, you know, my dad is a design engineer, and he builds computers. He tells them what to do. He creates a language for them. 
and I've been raised around that, and I knew that the the technology that that was involved in this was was just out of my reach because it didn't take me very long to realize that this machine knew what my limit was. Even though I would ask it to take me here, it knew that if I was not ready, it wasn't going to take me there. It was only going to take me there when I was ready. So I, I, you know, once I knew that, I put, I just said a prayer and I, I put all my trust in that machine. And it, it was, I'm not going to sit here and tell people that it wasn't painful it was it was uh uncomfortable at times because my level is um the normal uncomfortable discomfort and painful and not one time did i ever go through a session where i was in pain because even when i would ask this machine to take me all the way to zero it could tell that I wasn't ready for that. It, it, it knew that I could go here, but it, but when it got there, it was like, oh, that's it. That's all Nick can do right now. We're just going to keep working at it. And then 10, 15 minutes later, I would look down, and I would have gone from 16 or 17 on my extension down to 9, you know, because I would have the machine set to 5, and I'm thinking, holy crap, you know, crap. You know, I'm not even paying attention and noticing that this machine is its doing the work for me and it's making it bearable, uh, sometimes pain-free, you know, or just a little uncomfortable. And it made me want to do more. It, I, I never once dreaded the idea of having to sit down on that machine. I would wake up in the middle of the night to go get me a glass of water and I would come back and I kept that machine right there by my bed. I would sit down on that thing and strap myself in and do a 10 or 15 minute uh, session just to do it. Because in reality, I got to a point to where it made my leg feel so much better while it was doing it. I would lay in bed at night and I could, I'd wake up and I could tell that my leg was tightening up you know, and hurting. So I would get up, go give me some water, and I'd go sit down in that chair at 3 o'clock in the morning, and within five minutes, my pain relief was gone. I mean, my pain was gone. Um, so to me, that machine was, was, I mean, that machine knew what I needed. It was alive. It knew what I needed. It didn't take me beyond um, where I should have been at any point. Whereas a therapist will say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna test your flexion and see where you're at," and they push too far, you know. Come on, come on, we got to get here, we got to get here, you know. And I'm resisting because it hurts. Well, this machine, this X10 machine, wouldn't take me to that point. It would realize, okay, this is this is. I don't know how you I don't know how it does it. I don't know how you guys got it to do it, but it. It would get me to that point and go, okay, we're not ready. Nick's not ready. That was always in my head that that machine was, I could hear it in my, you know, like it was a voice. And it would go, when it would stop, it would go, okay, Nick, this is as far as Nick's, Nick's ready to go. Let's, let's work it some more, you know. And that girl said she named her machine. I couldn't remember what she named it, but I understand why she I understand why she did that because you become close to that machine. I mean, like I said, my dad's <laughs> a design engineer, and my dad basically takes a, a box full of computer components and turns it on, and there's a blank screen, and he writes a he teaches this computer to talk. He gives it a language, and many times I talked to my dad while I was on that machine. And he's like, you know, that's really amazing that, you know, he said, I'm surprised I never thought about that, you know, because right. he, he designed medical, medical computers and stuff. I mean, medical equipment, you know, but his, his, his line was more into like uh, uh, blood analysis and stuff like that. You know, my dad designed a machine that could tell a doctor in 10 minutes if you've, if you've had a, um, 
um, a heart attack or a stroke, whereas before it would take, you know, three or four hours for them to officially determine that. Um, wow. But, you know, and my dad don't get impressed a lot, but he was very impressed with that machine. And I hated to see it go. It was it was it was really scary for me um, when Cork told me that he was on his way to um, to pick up that machine. I, I, I didn't want to let it go. Uh, I've heard that before. I tell you, and you know that's why I do my best to keep it in the home as long as possible. Uh, yeah, and you know I wanted to write a letter. Um, hey, can you hold on just a second? Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Give me just a second. Hey, Josh, go knock on the front door and tell the boys to put him up. Uh, I do, my daughter's dog. He don't, he don't like people. Uh, uh, got it. I was, I was afraid of what was going to happen without it. And um, You were saying you were going to write a letter. It. I was going to write a letter to... I was going to put it in a card and I was going to tape it to that machine so that the next person that got that machine would read that card and know that there's nothing to be afraid of. No matter what they've been through, like me, seven surgeries, uh, really painful stuff, really, really painful stuff. Uh, just Sometimes I think back to the the pain that I went through when they got that femur. I never thought I'd survive that. Um, and the rehab was terrible. I, I, I quit going. It was just so terrible. That this machine takes away all of the fear. And you realize that within just your first session, your second session, you're, you're just amazed that this is nothing like being on a therapist's table. And they don't mean to hurt you. They don't. Um, but it, but it happens, and then you get on this this amazing machine, and it uh, it takes all the fear away, and it and it and it makes it enjoyable. I'm I, this you know I enjoyed going to therapy because I wanted my therapist to see the progress that I was making. Uh, when I when I went to my last doctor's visit, which was a, a week or so ago, he was amazed at the progress that I had made. You know, he, he he measured my flexion and my extension, and he was like, what have you been doing? And I'm like, here it is. You've got to look at this. You know, um, he was really intrigued. And I just can't say enough about uh, the you guys at, at XTN. I mean, you've been you've been great. You, you, you were always available for me when I needed something. Um, Trisha was, was uh, if she wasn't available at that time, she never let the day go by to not call me back and sit and, and, and gave me time. She was never in a hurry. Uh, she, would, she would sit and talk to me as long as, as I needed her. Uh, Cork, I mean, he, uh, when he delivered it, 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 by the time he was done, he was there for two, three hours. Uh, it was like I knew this guy. I'd known this guy for years. I mean, they just, you guys have all made this such an amazing process to go through. I actually got to where I looked forward to going to therapy again, like I said, because I wanted him to see the progress that I had made. Uh, I enjoyed when uh, Trisha, you know, my coach would, would shoot me a text and say, hey, you know, when you get a chance, give me a call today. Let's talk about, you know, your progress. Uh and then I'd get a text from Cork, you know, and he'd say, hey, brother, just checking in on you, you know, making sure everything's good. If you need anything, hard, you know, it just kind of made you feel like, like family. And they really cared. You know, you guys really get involved in your patients. You know, like you want to make sure that we have everything we need and the machine does the rest. It's kind of selfish. I mean, it's basically like you just sitting in a catalog, you know, sitting in the back of a limousine and, the, the machine does the driving, and you guys make sure that the tank's full and the air's in the tires. And I mean, but when he came to get that machine, I didn't let him know about it, but it was really, I, I became really anxious. I was hoping he would call me and say, hey, I had a flat tire. I won't be able to get it tomorrow. Or, hey, you know, PJ sent me somewhere else. I'll be back in a couple of days because the idea of that machine leaving 
and now it was all up to me was scary but by the end of the day i had i had already been riding a bike for the first time in 20 years um and it was because of that machine um walking around the block you know um it it, it i'm not gonna lie it fatigued me because my muscles were everything was because of the way the doctors reconfigured my my leg because they had to repair some of the things that doctors back in the day thought was best for me at that time. Um, my muscles would get really fatigued. So, um, but I realized that the X, the X10 had done its job and now the rest was up to me and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Now it was up to me and I was doing, I'm doing things that I haven't been able to do in 20 years, you know, like riding a bike, you know, most people think oh, riding a bike ain't that big a deal. Well, when you have the injury uh, that I had in my knee, it's a, it's a very big deal. You know, um, my legs have gotten stronger, you know, um, and just the fact that I can straighten my leg completely out, you know, that I can stand up tall instead of, you know, limping to one side, you know what I mean? You're uh, leaving the, uh, the, the the cool dad limp. We're leaving. Yeah, that cool daddy limp's gone. You know, it's 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 gone. And my kids are excited for me. You know, I mean, uh, they've been so helpful. So I mean, my 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 boys, uh, and I, I don't take anything away from all my children. You know, I'm I'm blessed with great kids. My boys, um, if it wasn't for them, you know. It would have been a it would have been a little bit harder for me, but they were always there, even in the middle of the night. I had one of them sleeping on the couch right next to me because I had a bed put up in the li- in the man room, so that I wouldn't disturb my wife whenever I would get up and get water and get on that machine. Because you know it's not noisy, but it makes a, you know, if you're a light sleeper, it'll wake you up. And my my son would pop up and say, Dad, do you need anything? Are you okay? And I'm like, No, I'm good. You know, but they're there and they've been very supportive. Uh, so. From a guy who, at 15 years old, started out um, from an experience hating going to hospitals, being around them, doctors, needles. I'm I'm definitely afraid of needles. Um, Seven surgeries later, a new knee. um, You know, I'm a different. I'm I'm I'm. I feel like I'm a normal person again, and I don't really think that I would have gotten to that point had it not been for what the X-10 did for me. It, it, it took away the fear factor. And, you know, what's, what's the one thing that everybody goes through? They're scared of the, it, the first step is always the hardest, you know? And we're all born with, with uh, the fear of falling, the fear of drowning, you know, the fear of the unknown. And that was one of the things that got me the most was the fear of the unknown. Is this, what is this machine going to do to me? I mean, I'm strapping my leg into this thing. I'm putting my foot between two rollers and I'm pretty much there. And it's fixing the, it's starting. The clock is ticking and here it goes. And then all of a sudden my leg starts tightening up and I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh, and then it stops. Because it realizes that okay, this is this is where Nick needs to be right now, and it's like a personal level, you know. I should have named it. I would have probably <laughs> named it, you know, uh, Mary Margaret or something like that, you know, just uh, because you, you it becomes a personal deal. I mean, I would sit and talk to that machine. I'm like, all right, girl, let's go. We're going to run another one, and this and that. And then I'd hit that button and say, okay, do what you do. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's just a. Uh, Amazing. Anybody, anybody out there that, that is afraid of the post-op, the therapy, um, they really need to give this a shot because I can tell you that I've been through this, the, some of the worst pain that you can imagine. I mean, uh, refusing to take that first step. I'm, I'm putting pressure on my leg because it hurts so bad. Uh, almost refusing to get out of the car at therapy and actually giving up to letting this machine do what it did, putting all my trust into it because I knew this was my last shot. And once 
once it showed me what its purpose was and how it was going to do it, I just gave I gave myself to that machine, and it I trust I learned to trust it, and it did what it was supposed to do. I walked straight. I got uh, I'm between the zero and five on my flexion, and uh, um, I mean on my extension and on my flexion, I'm at one twenty five easy. Um, and it, it, it happened quickly, very quickly. I, I remember um, when we spoke that first time, uh, the goal was 90. I think the doctor right. was telling you you needed to be at 90. And that right. was the first first bogey out there, and, and you ended up at 125. That's that's amazing. Yeah, you know, I'm going to – go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and it happened really quickly. Within, within you know, a couple of weeks um, – I got I got there between 120 and 125, hmm. Hmm. but on my own I, I would have never done. Right? Yeah. Well, it's it's I understand the difference between you know, your own devices or physical therapy or this machine that's feeling and adjusting and communicating really with you in right. some ways to tell you that you're not ready. Hold on. Hold holding you back a little bit before you know you're you're able to go to the next angle. I'm going to run this on knee radio one this new knee focused recovery focused radio broadcast at about two in the morning because because the way you describe it gives people that are in those tough situations such hope and i i, I built this radio station that i a couple of weeks ago that i hope to be an important with the people overnight the overnight people that are in pain, that things are, you know, the recovery is not going well. They're, they're, they're out of options. This is their last chance, like yours. And they're sitting there looking at their knee, swollen, not bending, wondering what the heck they're going to do. And, and that's literally the, the person I have in my head for this particular interview because, well, partly because you're, you were using it in the middle of the night in addition to the daytime, but you, you put a lot of faith in this program, the people, the machine, uh, the device, the, the, the thinking behind it for your own recovery. And it, it meant obviously everything to get, to get your mobility back. And, and you're not, I mean, you're not alone. <laughs> I, I know there are millions of people out there that are going through knee surgeries and hundreds of thousands that are having a tough time of it. And uh, just listening to you, it was, you know, Nick, it was poetic the way you described this. Really, I mean that. It was like listening to, to someone who's really internalized, which I believe you have, this entire recovery, and this plugged into what you needed in a very unique way, a very personal way, obviously. And I'm just so happy that it was such a, a good and relatively quick recovery when it really counted, because if time had gone by and you found us two or three months later, you might have been in a very different circumstance where the recovery just didn't go right. But you found us really in time, to be honest. Right. And, you know, again, you know, I don't want anybody to think that that it's, you're not going to have to put in some work. I mean, um, the, the X10 does 90% of the work for you. You your your portion of it is you have to be you have to be dedicated you have to you have to give yourself to this machine you have to tell yourself convince yourself that this machine is 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 what's going to do it for you and you have to work with it you have to be dedicated you have to you have to do uh, every chance I got I got on it I mean uh, I didn't feel like that if I got on it a hundred times a day if I could have uh, it would have been too much. You know, because, um, of course, your muscles get fatigued, you know. Um, um, but this machine is, is so much more than just um, a medical machine. It's, 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 it's just, I, I don't even know how to describe it because it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a therapist. It's a, um, it's a masseuse. You know, I mean, it, 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 you know, I would, I would wake up in the middle of the night with my, my muscles tightening up on me and stuff, you know, and again, like I said, I would get up and I would, I drank a lot of water, 
Um, and I knew, I knew if I sat down on this machine for 10 or 15 minutes, which would go by so fast that it would, it would basically, I considered that a massage therapy session. That wasn't a, a extension or flexing session for 30 minutes or an hour because I was, I got to the point where I was, I was up to an hour at a time. Um, and I would just sit and watch TV or I would watch the LED screen at what the what what my leg was actually doing you know the the machine I mean I, I got more interested in that than than watching Netflix you know um, hmm. um, it's just um, you know and I'm willing to talk to anybody that that that, that, um, that has more questions about it because like I said you know for 40 years I have suffered from a very traumatic injury uh, and surgery after surgery it was just different ideas that doctors had they didn't have the, the cure for that they didn't they didn't they didn't have the fix for it the only fix that was that was there for me was a knee replacement because you know I'm, I'm 54 years old I wasn't 53 when the injury occurred I was 15 years old and that's what got me about that young lady when she was 15 and she had a replacement and i was so happy for her because i thought about all of the years that i've gone through where i couldn't do these things i couldn't water ski anymore i couldn't play football anymore and football was my my dream i wanted to play college football and stuff you know um i mean their court took a picture of me and him the day that he picked up the machine and you can see how big i am um i mean i just love football yeah, and I, it was all gone yeah. It was all gone. It was taken away from me, riding a bicycle, doing things with my kids. Um, it was all taken away. And now, now, even though it's four years later, um, the replacement has taken the pain away. And the X10 got me into a into the physical shape that my leg needs to be in. And now it said, when it when it walked when it was being rolled out that door, it said, okay, Nick, it's up to you now. I can't, I can't take you any further. We worked, we did what we needed to do together. And now everything's up to you. Wow. And believe me, I miss it. I miss it. I spent so much time with it. I miss it. But, <laughs> um, but, but you know what? I'm in such a better place. And, and it was so easy to get to where I'm at right now. But so I don't want anybody to think that, that you're not going to have to put something into it. It's not, it's not like you're just going to sit there and it's going to do all the work. You've got to help that machine. You've got to give yourself that machine. You've got to give that machine all your trust. You've got to trust that machine, and you've got to work with it. You have to sit down. You can turn that thing on and let it just sit there on your couch and watch it run, and it's not going to do you any good. You have to sit down with that machine. You know, if you've got... 10 or 15 minutes, go sit down with that machine. Let that machine help you. You know, you know, uh, you know Nick, I'm going to, the, this talk, really me being a little bit mesmerized by just listening, but, but this uh, conversation I, I want to share with so many people. And I wanted to say it earlier, but I want to say it right now. And that is the letter that you didn't put attached with tape to the side of the machine frankly, you're doing right now because this audio, this recording, this, this, this conversation we're having is the letter and it will reach people that are going to use the machine in their future. And they don't even know it yet. They've never even heard of it yet. But this conversation will be that transition for them. That'll, it'll be that catalyst for them to make the phone call and get on the phone and figure out if this is right for them. So, I, I mean, I just, you're, you're doing that letter right now. But also, the other thought that struck me was that this played a role in your recovery. But your point is, you put the time in, you found it, you made the commitment to it without having seen it or sat on it, or even without your surgeon recommending. And I mean, you, may, you had a lot of faith just to try it. And it played a role, a, a role that took you from here to there, and then left and left you in a place where you could finish the recovery. And the recovery will continue this summer, the rest of the summer, into the fall. You'll probably drop some pounds as you're more active. You'll probably 
um, be able to you know run, jog, and then run and put more weight on that and feel more confidence and do things that you haven't been able to do. You've already mentioned the bike. So the transition continues for you. This isn't the end, of course. It's the beginning of August right now, and you've been at this for a couple of months now since the surgery. So there's a lot more yeah. ahead of you, but it played it played its role, right? It, it stepped in, helped you, got you from A to B, and now you can you can take it from there. I really love the way you you said that. Yeah, it is true. It's it's you know, you know, um, I have my 100 ton uh, captain Mariner captain's license, and um, I can train people to uh, to operate a, a marine patrol boat because the uh when I worked for the sheriff's department we had a marine patrol unit the uh uh that took care of the intercoastal waterways they would escort high profile ships in and out to the refineries and stuff um that takes uh about 6 months to learn to do those things so the school that you go to um uh, it's it was it's it was one of the most traumatic schools I've ever been to, and I've been to a lot of schools over over a 32 year period. You know, I had one person tell me, look, you know, uh, if you don't have high blood pressure now, by the time you're done with the class, you will because it's it's very meticulous. It's, so part of that part of your final test is what they call plotting, and they give you a coordinates of where you start. You know a latitude and longitude, and then they give you a latitude and longitude of where they want you to end up. And you have to look at this map, and you think, okay, I'm just going to go from A to B. Well, that's not how it works. Because if you go to A to B, you're going to ground your ship because you're going to run across a shallow. So you have to pay attention to the depth of, of where you're at and if there are any shell reefs or coral reefs or anything like that. So you go from A to B, then you move over to the right to C, then you jump up to D, and then go back to the left to E, and you end up maybe at L. I mean, you know, you don't know. It just depends on the area that you're in and you're, when you're plotting this. And, and basically, that's what you're doing when you choose, when you make the decision to, to sit down with this machine. You know, you're plotting your course, you know. You, you have to you have to go from A to B, which is the start. And A is sitting your butt down in that chair, you know, and letting giving your trust to this. I mean, trusting this machine, and it's going to bring you to B, maybe even C or D. And then it's going to say, "Okay, Nick, I've got you this far. You need you need to go to L on your own. And if that's riding a bike, jumping in the swimming pool." walking around the block, those are all E, F, G's, H's, I's, J's, K's, and L's, you know, but whatever it takes, it may only be A, B, C, and D, and then you're good. Um, this machine got me to an A, B, or C really fast, uh, and it did it um, so much easier and faster than any of the the uh, therapy that I've ever been through. And I've been through a lot. I mean, I've been <laughs> telling you, you know, 40 years and seven surgeries, um, every day waking up with some type of pain, um, other than my muscle aches that I have now, you know, when I get up in the mornings, you know, to go make me a cup of coffee, I don't feel any pain in my knee, you know, um, and I can when I can stand straight up, you know. I still have this psychological problem where taking that first step, but I'm getting so much better at it because I know that I can make that 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 flex that flexion and that extension. I know that, and there's there's a new knee and there's no pain. So I'm once I take that first step, I'm rocking and rolling. I mean, I'm nonstop, you know, for most of the day, and then by the end of the day, you know, I'm I'm icing it down or whatever because that's just part of it. You know, that's the healing process. But had it not been for this machine, I'm telling you, for a fact, had it not been for this machine, I would not be doing the things that I'm doing right now. I would probably still be laying up on a couch trying to figure out how long that I'm going to have to sit there till this pain goes away. Taking, you know, pain, I, you know, I don't, I'm not even on any pain medication. You know, I'm within 
two weeks of, of being on that machine, I, I, I just dumped, you know, we get these little bags that you can put prescription medications in, and you can turn, turn them in, especially if it's narcotics. You can turn them into local police stations. They have these boxes, and they'll they'll do away with them. I, I, I did away with my pain meds. I didn't need them. You know, all I needed was a little bit of Tylenol or ibuprofen, just a little bit, you know. And, you know, I, I, I let myself hurt a little bit because I knew that as long as I had that, I still needed, I still had work to do. And when it got to the point where it didn't hurt no more, I, I knew I was there. And the machine knew it, and the machine, get, you know, it turned me back well, over to myself. Let me say, let me say, as we get toward the end of this conversation, let me just say one more thing here about this, though. And you started with your career as a police officer, and we didn't get into great detail on that. And you and I have spoken before a little bit about this. But you deserve this. After, A, unfortunately, the event that happened when you were 15, and then, you know, that can happen to anybody. But the fact that you spent your career and your livelihood and your life as a public servant looking after us in the police force, taking care of people for your entire, you know, adult career, and for you now to have a chance to take the post-police life that you have now, you know, after retirement, and you're now able to, you know, get back to normal gait and walking and activities, you deserve it. And it's, it feels really good on this side of the phone call to, to be part of the part, a little part of your recovery, getting back to the Nick that you, <laughs> you deserve to be. But I, I just wanted to thank you for the work that you've done in protecting all of those thousands of people that you've protected for many, many years. And it's a little bit of, and I don't even know if I believe in karma. I don't, I'm not sure I do or not, but let's call it karma that you're you know, on the road to a, a much more mobile, active person that you, you, know, you, you frankly should have been for the last 40 years. But, uh, but I just want to thank you for the work that you've done. Well, I appreciate it. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy. Uh, but it was, um, you know, um, I knew that, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this, um, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a devout Christian, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. Um, you know, I had somebody tell me, you know, you'll never be Jesus, but you need to try to be like Jesus, you know, and stuff. And, and the thing that drove me every day was the passion. When Jesus took that walk, which was about a mile, carrying that cross, at any given point, if he would have just stopped and said, I cannot take another step, we would all be in a bad place. So I told myself, I said, even though I have this, what I considered at the time an affliction, um, I told myself, if I, if I don't take this next step, then what are my kids going to do? Because my kids were my world, and they still are. Um you know, the, the, you know, through hard work of their own, I was just there to catch them if they fell. You know, I have one that's in college to going to be a nurse. I have one that's a real estate agent and a mortgage. She has her mortgage broker's license. You know, I have one that's an electrician, another one that's working to be an electrician. You know, I mean, and one that wants to be a chemical engineer. You know, and, and I have to be there for them. And, and for 32 years, I told myself, if I don't take that next step, then they're all, you know, they're all going to be in trouble. Um, and I'm not comparing myself to Jesus. I just remember that I told myself, if he can do this for me, then I can do this for them. I just got to figure out how. Um, and unfortunately, at 32 years, I was still in the business. Uh, it just, the knee just decided that that was it. It was done. Um, so it was my opportunity to get it fixed, and I wouldn't be sitting here um, with my knee in the shape that it's in and the and the things that I could do now, if it wasn't for you guys, for the help from y'all and from that machine. And just so you'll know, I'm going back in the groove. I, I'm coming out of retirement. Man, you know, you don't understand how good I feel. My knee, my knee joint is, is strong or stronger than my left knee. And I'm 54 years young. Um, I'm not ready to give up. And I feel like that I can get back out there and do it, do it again. And, you know, until at least until I get all of my children on their way, you know, once they're on their way, you know, I can I can retire or die a happy man. So I'm going back in the groove. And it's because wow. of you guys and that machine where it's gotten me. 
I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be here right now in this, in this position, on the pole. If it wasn't for that, I'd still be down at the bottom trying to figure out what am I going to do, or you know, roll around in self pity. You know that my career is over with. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not. And you guys proved that to me. The machine proved it to me because I'm way. I'm in such a better place than I was before the decision was made to go ahead and do the replacement. And people can go out there and have knee replacements all day long, and but if they don't put in the effort to build those muscles back up to, you know, to stretch that, that out and stuff, it's not going to do any good. You know, you put brand new tires on a car, and but you never drive it. What you buy on board? You know, hmm. um, so... I'm going just, just, you know, and the only other person that knows this is my wife. So I'm telling you and your audience, I'm going back in the group. I'm get, I'm going back out there because I'm not done. And I feel really uh-huh. good and strong, a lot stronger than I did before the knee ended up giving out. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I may become an, uh, an instructor at one of the universities, you know, teaching the police academy and stuff like that. You know I mean? There's several opportunities there for me and I'm going for it. I don't. I don't want to. Well, sit down. your your future students or the people that you look after are lucky that you're coming back. They're fortunate to have you out there, and I am excited for you. Uh, this chapter, as they say, of your life. Uh, wow, wow, it's it's amazing. And and you know, I, I I didn't understand this machine, this protocol. It's evolved. I've watched it grow and develop, and all this stuff over the last six or seven years, but I, I think one could say, oh, yeah, device, medical device, fix the knee, you know, it's, it's an object, it does a thing, and, you know, that's, that's its role. In, but as I've been interviewing and speaking with people and, and, and studying this space, this world of recovery after these, these big surgeries, you realize that there are lives at stake, and there are, there's a path, there's a fork in the path, and if you have the knee surgery, as you just said, it may not turn out well, or it might be just only okay, or keep you in that self-pity place where, yeah, I got it done, it wasn't great, my life didn't change, or you're taking this thing as a real departure from A, I won't use A's and B's again, but from one place to, yeah, it could have been retirement, in this case, it's back onto the force, back to teaching, back to helping people, I mean, that's a that's a moment in your life, 2020, this crazy year. This is a moment where you're an inflection point for Nick, and he's going to go right, not left. And it's going to be all kinds of things that we can't even imagine right now that are ahead of you. And it's not just the well, X10 that did that, of course. It's you. It's your uh, willingness to work and find the solutions and all that. But, but again, it's, it's, it's nice to be a part of that, a part of that process for you, really, from, from, from this, this side of things. Well, it's 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 been an amazing experience for me. You know, it 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 fulfilled all my expectations. You know, and I and I I, I had these high standards. I, I will tell you that, PJ. I I held that machine to high standards, and it and it it met those standards. Um, it exceeded those standards. And I, like I said, I'd be willing, you know, to talk to anybody that had questions. You know, because again, forty years, four decades of every day being in pain, seven surgeries, and getting to the point where you feel like nothing, nothing is going to help. And, you know, you know, they say all things happen for a reason, you know, it's God's way. Well, for some reason, God led me to open up a YouTube video of the X10, and I was just so, you know, intrigued. I just, I, I watched, I guarantee you, I've watched every one of them. Sometimes oh. more than once, you know, I wanted to make sure that what I was hearing was right. And, um, and it was, I mean, every one yeah. of these people were right. They, 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 they told the truth. Um, it, it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing piece of, of, and, of well, I, sometimes it takes 30 videos to believe in something because in this world, uh, we all know we got to be careful and a little bit, the suspicious, right, of what we see because it can be oh, absolutely. Fake you know, we get all that we get conned all yeah, we yeah. get conned all the time yeah. and stuff. And then I just uh, 
you know, my aunt has been a big, big supporter of mine. And, you know, her and I uh, both, we just felt it in our heart that this was, this was it. Man, I, I think I found what's going to get me where I need to be. And we were right, you know. Um, and like I said, it, 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 it far exceeded my expectations. You know, if I could, if I could keep one forever, I would, you know. Um, and if anybody out there has any doubt, you know, just trust it. Just, just let give that machine your trust, and it won't let you down. It will not let you down. The only person, that, the only thing that's going to let you down is yourself. You know, you got to help it a little bit. You know, it's a, it's a, it's not going to be the longest, hardest walk you've ever made in your life. I promise you that. You know, so. Well, that's awesome. It's awesome. And I really appreciate you spending the time generously. And, you know, we're paying it forward. The next people that are on the machine very well may have heard this conversation and were inspired to, to look into it further. And there we go. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. And I, I, I'm really thankful to hear your full story. And I'm excited for your future. I really am, man. So th- thank you for being here and doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, you're, you know, you're welcome. You know, anytime, anytime, brother. The Bees Knees podcast comes to you from our studio in Lower Manhattan, New York City. We're here week in and week out shedding light on all aspects of knee surgery and recovery. To reach us, send an email to thebeesneespodcast at gmail.com.